I know, but I'm not over it yet. I, I am not over the end of college basketball. I'm not. Did you, incredible game by Virginia the other night, huh? National champions now? I mean, after they were out, what, in one of the earlier rounds in the past? I mean, just did you see the game? It was incredible. It was No, it was a great, great game. Texas Tech, hats off to them. You know, they beat Michigan State. I have to say I was pulling for them because I just like their coach. Uh, I, I really like their team. That guy Mooney that plays for them, I mean, he's just one heck of a player. They've got a great team there. And they put that team together, it seemed like overnight, compared to the longevity of some of these other programs. But they were down by, what, 15 points or so? I think it was in the in, in the Monday night game. And then they came back and... Yeah, yeah, the, I, but it wasn't enough to to win it. So, but you got to give credit to them. I mean, Virginia also just played incredibly well. Uh, Tony Bennett, outstanding coach there. So, yeah, I don't know what to do now that college basketball is over. I never know what to do, somewhat for entertainment. There's always great concerts, but what do you do when you don't have college basketball and college football? You know, it, basically between April and what late August, September of the year. I mean, we have baseball. And we got the Sixers. We got the Sixers. Yeah, we got we got the Sixers. We got the Phillies. Are they had a rough one the other night, but they're looking all right. Tigers looking good. Hometown Tigers are looking good. Um, I think they're in still still in second place, something like that. I don't know. I don't do a whole lot of sports on this podcast, but uh, so why lead off with that when the championship game NCAA's are over? And that was a few days ago because that's about as pleasant as things can get on this podcast when you look at uh, some of the news this week in terms of uh, intensity, uh, just. Tough stuff, toughness, what we're dealing with here. Uh, developing news, uh, well, we've got, I say that in reference to the main segment coming up, talking about our political discourse in this country, some uh, wild stuff happening in Congress, uh, you know, some back and forth. Uh, uh, there's always back and forth, but it just gets more and more heated. So just uh, some impartial observations about our discourse in the main segment. But uh, breaking news coming in. Uh, to our old city Philadelphia studios here. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks co-founder, was arrested in London. Um, this is from the BBC. He was arrested at the Ecuadorian embassy in London Thursday. Assange, who took refuge at the embassy in 2012 to avoid extradition to Sweden over a sexual assault case that has since been dropped um, at a Westminster magistrate's court on Thursday. Well, today or Thursday, I guess technically, well, I, I forget about the time change in London, but uh, on Thursday there, he was found guilty of failing to surrender uh, to the court. He's now facing U.S. federal uh, charges of conspiracy relating to, um, of course, one of the biggest leaks of government secrets. The U.K. will decide how to extradite Assange in response to allegations by the Department of Justice that he uh, conspired with former U.S. Uh, analyst of intelligence Chelsea Manning to download classified databases. Um, of course, he's facing up to five years in prison if convicted on uh, the charges com to commit computer uh, commit computer intrusion. Um, Assange's lawyer, the BBC report continues, said that they will be fighting the extradition request. Uh, she said it is it sets a dangerous precedent where any journalist could face U.S. charges for publishing truthful information about the United States. All right, so this is a big thing here, and uh, apparently some drama in court where um, the judge uh, Michael Snow said that Assange was essentially a narcissist who cannot get beyond his own selfish interest. That's a quote right there, uh, and. Uh, 
BBC always does a great job of breaking things down. You know, this is a story that we forget dates back to 2006 when WikiLeaks was set up uh, to obtain sensitive cables and government information and release it. Uh, the organization uh, releasing footage of U.S. soldiers killing civilians from a helicopter in Iraq. The report says uh, Chelsea Manning was arrested in 2010. Now, this is I can't believe it's been that long. Nine years ago was arrested in 2010 for disclosing more than 700,000 confidential documents, videos and diplomatic cables to the anti-secrecy website. Uh, she said she only wanted to spark a debate about foreign policy, but U.S. officials said that the leak put lives at risk. Uh, so that's happening now. There was uh, some interesting defense of Assange uh, from Pamela Anderson. I say interesting because um, sometimes it's interesting when you have celebrities from a different realm of public life getting involved in certain things. In fact, I think it was rumored there was maybe some romantic interest between the two. She had visited him a couple times, Assange, I think, something like that. That's what I recall. I, I can't remember exactly, but um, you can go online. We, we retweeted it, but she said that she was shocked by the arrest. She said that Assange did not look very good or very well um, in his arrest. And she criticized the UK and also criticized the Trump administration for how the Trump administration may handle this. Um, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, said, uh, voiced his pleasure uh, on Twitter, uh, the Senate Minority Leader voicing his pleasure that Assange was arrested so that he can be dealt with uh, legally in terms of uh, his impact on our, our nation's uh, um, political infrastructure and our democracy. Um, again, I, I'm paraphrasing, but there's a tweet out there that we retweeted from uh, Chuck Schumer there, the New York Senator and Minority Leader in the Senate. Um, uh, okay, so there's that, and we're also watching some other news here. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the New York Post put out a, a very controversial cover page um, that some say was rebutting uh, marks by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, I believe Ilhan is how you say it, um, of uh, the, she's up there in the Midwest, uh, Minnesota, I believe. Um, well, that's where she's from. So th this is something that is, it's been one of the biggest stories of the day, really. Um, in fact, I'll ca we'll be catching an update on the national news uh, shortly here, but uh, we always bring you the latest as we get it. Uh, when we can, uh, on Twitter at, at Kinchin Tonight and also uh, at uh, Dave Kinchin USA. So Representative uh, Acasio, excuse me, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC, uh, to her, what, 3 million followers on Twitter, I believe. Um, uh, she represents the Bronx, of course, uh, in Congress, and she was quick to defend uh, Democratic Representative Omar Thursday over her comments. Uh, the New York Post says, uh, trivializing the 9-11 terror attacks, Ocasio-Cortez tweeted criticism at the Post for its coverage of Omar's remarks. Now, this is the paper responding to this issue involving the paper, okay? Uh, which included how some people did something, quote, some people did something on 9-11 but offered no similar rebuke of her close pal, the article says. So, uh, you know, the article is clearly written with some tone here, but, uh, you know, we try to uh, pull out the facts, at least based on the quotes and some of the things that you can see. So AOC says, I'm not going to quote the New York Post's horrifying, hateful cover. Uh, here's one fact uh, at... Um, uh, well, the representative's Twitter handle uh, is a co-sponsor of the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. She's done more for 9-11 families than the GOP who won't even support health care for first responders yet are happy to weaponize her faith. Ocasio-Cortez's tweet made no mention of 
uh, at all of the comments Omar made in a speech to the council on uh, American Islamic relations or care. Uh, care was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil rights, as she had said. Uh, now, some of the fallout that's been uh, developing here, Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, who replaced John Conyers in Congress uh, from a home state of Michigan, also uh, vo voiced support for Omar. Um, this is not from the article. This is just from other uh, news gatherings here. Uh, she said, essentially, that... Um, uh, well, actually, we do have the direct quote. Uh, this is... Uh, they do this all the time to us, especially women of color. They take our words out of context because they're afraid uh, we speak the truth. We speak truth to power, uh, Talib said of uh, Representative Omar. Uh, she was talking about uplifting people by supporting their civil liberties and civil rights. Now, there's been some remarks um, that I noticed where... Um, uh, Talib and others, uh, AOC, had suggested that... Uh, this situation, and there was actually something else. Uh, well, I, let, let me just not get two things sort of conflated together. But the remarks, uh, th there's been concern expressed by members of Congress that the Post article uh, and cover page, which shows the 9-11 attacks, uh, the planes flying into the World Trade Center, and then, you know, basically clearly a rebuke there. There have been concerns by some members in Congress, and I think Representative Omar has even said this, that this puts her life in danger, that there's a concern that, uh, you know, this could uh, continue to, to uh, raise threats uh, uh, against her. Um, and then Representative Ocasio-Cortez also said something similar about another uh, incident where somebody, uh, there's an organization that made some comments about her, and she said that uh, she's been getting death threats, uh, that Ocasio-Cortez has had death threats and had to forward them over to the Capitol Police. Um, we have we have that online. That was a separate, I don't see that in my notes right now, but we have that online on Twitter where she, uh, at Dave Kinchin USA, we had tweeted that out so you could find that there. Um, see if she says anything else about this. Uh, no, no, that was pretty much it. So, yeah, anyway, we've got, you know, we have such heated rhetoric right now in this country, in this case from a, a publication, a very provocative cover, uh, and also, um, you know, members of Congress expressing their concerns over uh, Representative Omar's safety. Um, you know, there's been lots of criticism about things that she said, lots of criticism about things that Republican members have said. Um, but we are in a time where, uh, you know, God forbid there's violence against anybody, you know, rep uh, Republican, Democrat, of course, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, God forbid there's violence against any public official or against any private citizen. You know, we, we're my my concern here. And I get into this in the, the main segment is that we're at a point right now where we are once again seeing um, the. Uh, the, the full manifestation of, of where heated political passions and what, you know, boils down to, to pure hatred in some cases, where that goes and what that can do. Um, so, you know, I, my main segment uh, was, by the way, we were also looking at, uh, and it, it, the main segment kind of talks about this, not directly in terms of the context, but uh, kind of, a jumping off point from the uh, 
hearing house hearing uh, earlier this week with representative ted lieu um and candace owens candace owens is an activist you you may not have heard of her or maybe you have uh, she became famous, as I recall, uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, when Kanye West had retweeted her. She's a, an African-American woman who is a conservative and, and says that essentially black people do not have to be Democrats. Now, you know, again, I'm not taking a position on that one way or another, but uh, essentially she comes from the perspective of saying that um, you know, she's been preaching uh, to black members of various black communities across the country that, uh, you know, to look at conservatism of the Republican Party uh, as an alternative. She's been a defender of President Trump. So she was uh, called uh, to talk about um, white nationalism in Congress uh, at a hearing earlier this week. Uh, Representative Liu had, uh, and he's been a vocal critic of President Trump. He's on, uh, actually follows uh, follows me on Twitter, interestingly. Um, although I don't think I've ever interviewed him or had a conversation with him, but uh, he had uh, played... 30 seconds of comments uh, where she talks about Adolf Hitler um, and the differences between nationalism, globalism, things like that. Again, um, you know, and, and you'll hear in the main segment in a little bit, we don't get into the into that stuff. I mean, the, the fact that we're dealing with, you know, Hitler brought up in our political hearings in Washington is, you know, I mean, there's... I guess there's a lot that can be said about that, uh, depending on what you want to say about that, uh, you know, but it's, it, it was a very heated discussion. Um, at one point, uh, Owens had said that uh, her remarks were taken out of context uh, by a, a Democratic member and uh, the Chairman Gerald Nadler, a congressman, had shrugged his shoulders and some people on Twitter kind of said, well, you know, he doesn't even care that he took her out of, that she was taken out of context. I mean, these are just, basically Twitter went off over this whole thing. So you can watch the video. It's all there again. I mean, we'll, we kind of give you the, the brief synopsis of it. But the point of the main segment is really to just talk about, you know, at what point can we come back to our sensibilities on both sides here and just start to, you know, we got so many problems in this country. And I'm not saying that Extremism is not, I mean, that, that is a conversation to look at. We've got some major problems with racism in this country. We always have. It, it's, we're seeing an increase of some horrible things happening. Uh, you know, we have to work together to have conversations about this and, and do it in a way that can be civil. And I just, you know, if, if, if you weren't taken aback by some of the things said uh, either way, you know, uh, in the hearing itself, it's the Twitter comments that just went nuts. Um, and, you know, Twitter can do that, but, uh, you know, when, when Twitter explodes, my fear is the country's going to explode, you know? Um, and uh, we have to find a way to, to work through these issues in good faith and, and, and you know, yield to our, our common ties, you know, the ties that bind. So, you know, I think that's a fair observation. I mean, again, I, I, I have no agenda here other than facts. And, you know, it's my job as a journalist. But, uh, wow, I mean, I just, it was a very uh, fiery time online with some of the things that I saw and uh, some of the news we got to. So anyway, um, that is where we are in terms of the news headlines. And we'll get to more in the main segment. Again, follow me at Dave Kinchin USA. Uh, I changed the handle, so I almost said the old handle. But no, it's uh, at Dave Kinchin USA on Twitter. Um and, of course, you can find me at, uh, well, find the show at Kinchin Tonight. We're just getting started, my friends.
By the way, did you notice they keep the music going when I'm going along? I mean, we just did, what was it? That was a 15-minute opening segment. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, well, okay. I guess that's just that's their way of telling me to wrap up. But when you're on a roll, you're on a roll. Um, and speaking of that, found the article I was looking for, Representative Ocasio-Cortez talking about uh, a group, a conservative group out of Ohio that apparently called her a domestic terrorist in an email uh, uh, that was sent out to, I guess, supporters of theirs or something like that. Obviously, no one should ever have to deal with such uh, such an attack, no matter who you are, or what party you're a part of. And she says, uh, we say that because this is what she was talking about, talking about when she said that she uh, had to report threats over to um, the Capitol Police, who really do a fine job of protecting our public servants and both parties there. So she says there's been a spike in threats against her life. Uh, that's what she was talking about. There also want to clarify, we were talking about Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. I think we uh, accidentally mispronounced the first name, but Representative Ilhan Omar. That's, you know, when you're talking a thousand miles per second uh, and you're on a roll, you have uh, some notes, but then you also go on a roll that, yeah, you know, you can unfortunately make a mistake like that. So I wanted to clarify that uh, as we move on uh, to the, what are we, we're in tw 20 minutes into the show now? Almost? Oh, well, that's okay. There's no time limit. We always go at least for a half hour. Uh, but uh, all right, now. On to the main show, main segment. I don't do rants. I don't, I don't like to do rants here. I'm not a rant guy. I, I'm honestly not. Uh, but I can't guarantee that we won't be in rant land by the end of this show. I, um, I, uh, I don't know. I, you know, you, you try to think of, th there's so much to talk about. And I created or recreated this show um, after some years away to get into uh, to try to sort out issues to analyze the news to say okay well here's where this side is on an issue and here's where this side is on an issue and what's interesting about that is um, you know I'm very careful not to be a commentator and say, well, you know, I'm not here as a journalist to pick a side or pick a candidate. I don't do that. But I feel like I've been around politics long enough, public policy long enough, almost my whole life, um, where it's helpful to sort out things because there's a lot of folks who don't follow. I mean, they, they get the sound bites or the tweets uh, from politicians, plural, it's not just one, plural, political uh, advocates, um, you know, people like that, and they get the noise, um, they don't really get a lot of substance. I'm, I'm, to the extent that I read policy, or at least, you know, articles and policy until you know, I, I mean, even I, I guess, have my limits. You know, you can only read so much, you know, before you're like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. My brain's hurting. Let me just digest this. I'll pick up reading this policy paper or this article or whatever uh, tomorrow, you know. I guess it depends on the time of day I, I do it. But I'm more into the policy. I'm more into research. I'm more into mechanics and practical solutions to solve 
issues, um, which take a little bit of ideology from both sides, you know, um, although we should say many sides, it's more than that. But I, I, I find myself, um, for the first time, I think since I turned 18 or the first time in my adult life, completely overwhelmed or just disappointed both overwhelmed and disappointed with the state of our discourse uh i'm if i ever finish my book it it has that you know this is almost a summary of what my book's about but um i find myself (coughs) excuse me had something that went down the uh, wrong pipe um Maybe it's what happens when you do a show after dinner. <laughs> um, a good burger, but a little peppery. Um, there, there's a sense of, you know, we've the, the bottom's fallen out in our our discourse. I was going to say civil discourse. What's so civil about what we have today? Um, there's. I was watching uh, some clips of a um, exchange uh, uh, between Candace Owens, who's a uh, black conservative activist. Um, I say black conservative because that's, you know, I don't sit there and say and point out people's, you know, races or anything. <clears throat> but she's specifically, she speaks about issues, uh, black issues in, in, from the context of conservatism and you know, um, she's a very strong uh, right-leaning person, and there were people on the congressional panel like uh, Congressman Ted Lieu, um, who actually follows me on Twitter, uh, interestingly. Um, and, uh, you know, he comes from a strong left-wing perspective on things. And uh, it was, you know, it was a... The, the, the subject matter, I mean, look, it was about white nationalism and and things of that sort um you know the, the rise of white nationalism or um e- extremist groups in this country that, that was basically what this discussion was about and you know you have to watch it for yourself you have to you know watch it for yourself but it it was the latest i i bring it up because it's the latest example of the fire pit getting hotter in this country. It's the latest example of people on both sides, politically speaking, um, just, you know, exploding. Uh, Again, I, you know, I'm not, I want to be clear. I'm not talking specifically about the subject matter in the hearing. And I didn't see the whole hearing. I just I saw I spent several minutes watching several minute long clips that were the highlights that, you know, got repeated on every other network. So. So I I, I just and then it was more so the the commentary, digital commentary online that uh, sparked this discussion in this this whole context of, you know, here we go again with more. Bitterness on the left and on the right. Um, 
you know, I, I have it broken down in my mind as I try to walk through this. Uh, but I, I kind of edit my thoughts even as we go on with this, especially in a podcast where you want everything to be in context. The, the point uh, that I want to really get into tonight or this morning, whenever you're listening, uh, is at what point do we, can, can we finally get to a place where we can have our differences politically and still work towards a common cause? I mean, still work towards finding solutions, finding answers. Now, you're going to say, oh, this is incredibly naive. And, and, and that's why I'm, I'm picking this topic for the main segment, because I'm going to walk through all of this. It's not rainbows and butterflies. I believe me, I get it. It's, it's never been like that in government. We've never had anything like that. Um, excuse the, excuse the uh, motorcycles uh, ripping by our, our studios here. Um, you know it's a nice day out when, uh, you know, you, you can't really insulate even the loudest bikes that people have to, uh, you know, rip and roar down on, on the highway on a nice, um, a nice day. And I, don't, I can't say I blame them. Uh, as long as, as they're doing it legally. Sometimes they weave in and out of traffic. That's a problem. You know, it's a whole different issue. Which can be dealt with through public policy after debate. And at one point, a debate in this, debate in this country that was a lot more civil than what we see today. So, um, I remember a time when we could respect people personally and still have differences of opinion, you know, and work on issues. You know, there's a give and take. Nobody gets everything they want. Um, the debates can be pithy. But it wasn't as personal as it is today, you know. Uh, again, I, you know, the, the, the hearing I'm talking about was just the latest example of, uh, you know, the flashpoint, the, the, the hyper-partisan and vitriolic flashpoints in this country. You know, it's, we see it over immigration. We see it over uh, border security. We see it over, which, you know, is kind of one and the same in some ways. Um, climate change, um, you know, we go down the list, right? Um, funding for public education, um, Department of Education activities, um, who you vote for, you know, for Senate or, you know, the midterms or, you know, uh, the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, I mean, there's, it, it doesn't, it, the list goes on and on, you know. F for some reason, there's, and I say for some reason, it's, uh, I think I know what it is, what the answer is, and I'll get to that in a minute. But for some reason, there's this idea that something is wrong with someone if they have an opposing viewpoint. I mean, the best example of this is dating profiles, okay? You know, the digital age, you know, and it's amazing how if you, you know, you, there's some apps out there where you can put your political opinions or, or your, you know, your leanings, you to the right, to the left. I don't, you know, I've been on those once in a while and when I was single and I never answer that because, you know, for one, as a journalist, I don't do that. But um, 
could be a political fight brewing right there. <laughs> a road rage edition, uh, if you heard those horns. Again, we're, we're coming to you from a busy downtown, always busy, uh, in the great city of Philadelphia, like many cities, where um, politics has become just so personal to the point where if you have a listing on your profile and say, you know, that says you voted for this person, people don't even consider you. You know, I mean, there's there's people who, you know, you hear a name of a candidate and they say or, or a politician and they say, well, if you voted for them, well, there must be something wrong with you. You must hate this group. You must hate that group. You might you must hate this. You must hate that. Or you flip it to the other side. Well, if you you know, you, you must hate this or you must hate that or you must want to take this from me or take that from me or whatever. And, you know, if we could just have a conversation about maybe why somebody voted the way they did. You know, you might find, oddly enough, some common ground on issues and values and priorities. But, but that's not the way the world works today. And, and again, I'm not naive about any of this. My, my only question is, how much lower does it get? Because it's hard to imagine it getting any lower. I mean, we've got groups that are following politicians, harassing them. We've we had a member of Congress shot um, for a practice, baseball practice. Uh, was it two years ago? Um, there's been so much. Like we've got people getting mailed suspicious packages. Remember that whole thing? You know, people getting mailed. Um, I think there might be actually a fire or something going on um, in uh, somewhere downtown. I saw a bunch of fire trucks racing down the highway. So. Um, Hopefully everyone's all right. Um, kind of been monitoring that. Um, I, I just, my frustration is in the fact that we have real problems in this country that don't go away. And the, those problems don't care about zingers that a politician tweets out or, you know, an activist tweets out or, you know, whatever. And I just, you know, even I have to kind of tune it out after a while. And it's not like me. I've spent my whole life in and around politics. Um, when I was in high school, um, I started out working with their mayor in town, and we wanted to get young people involved in government. The idea wasn't to say, we're going to get Republicans or we're going to get Democrats, but young people who had opinions. And you, you were going to have a little bit of that, especially as young people start to put their ideas together and they say, okay, well, you know, I see it more as a Democrat. No, I see it more as a Republican. And, and those conversations could get pretty fierce and pretty intense, even though, you know, at that time, nobody knew everything about the world. Of course, we were kids, you know. But, it, but there was a time when we could, we, we reached out and, and we, we had not great, but better role models in Washington. Not great role models, but a little bit better in that, yes, you know, Democrats accuse Republicans of only caring, caring about the rich. Republicans accuse Democrats of, you know, uh, wanting to tax everything and, and overregulate. You know, but even in all of that, we had substantive discussions. We had facts and figures that you could check and the ideas weren't so heavily skewed, you know, um, you you had some kind of a of a equilibrium you had uh, you could have a meeting of the minds and you could come up with a McCain fine gold 
you know, on campaign finance, which, again, I'm not endorsing or refuting, but I'm saying that, you know, this was an area where you had compromise. Um, you had some Republicans who worked with the late Ted Kennedy on immigration. Uh, I mean, my gosh, even Reagan and Tip O'Neill, you know, came together on some key issues, you know. Without everything being so personal. And you, you, you sort of get two types of people involved with, you know, the election process during an election year. You get people who are turned off by it and, you know, there's apathy, people who don't vote. Or you get people who buy into sound bites and, and get voted in because they're simply echoing not even a platform on issues and, and research that's backed, but they're echoing personal attacks. It's, it's crazy. And we're not going to get anything done in this country. We're not going to deal with, with infrastructure. We're not going to deal with education issues. We're not going to deal with the border. We're not going to deal with, with you know, all of these major problems and challenges if we keep throwing dirt at people. And again, I, I, I know how this sounds. I, I get it, you know. But I find myself just, you know, as someone who spent, I mean, I, I served in a national council on youth education issues. I, I've been appointed by mayors and, and, you know, local leaders to deal with youth and education matters, at, you know, at a local level, uh, some things relating to the economy. And, you know, and, and I remember a time when we could get things done. There were people I had major disagreements with, but somehow we managed to put things together it never got personal and we could solve problems. We don't see, we don't have that anymore. So, you know, if, if I'm naive in that, then I'll be naive for the first time and hopefully ever, you know, but in, in this, in this belief that, that we can and should try to bridge these gaps. But I look, <laughs> It, it just, I know it sounds, I know, I know, I get it. It sounds like, you know, I'm, I'm not delusional about this. Okay. Um, I know that like it, it's politics was never, it was never kumbaya. I'm not looking for kumbaya. I'm looking for dialogue. I'm looking for informed dialogue without people looking at someone like they want to kill them because they voted a different way or they said something, you know, that they have a differing opinion. But, you know, how much of that is on us as citizens? I mean, after all, you know, politicians don't elect themselves. They do once they get in office. They elect themselves to committees and chairmanships and, and uh, you know, leadership roles. But, you know, it's, there's 350 million people or so in this country, and, and who's putting these folks in office? And I'm talking about on both sides. It's the people. It's we the people. So what this says, so Washington is essentially, or any state capital, is a microcosm of the division and madness going on in our in our homes and our you know at our dinner tables you know maybe even in our churches or places of work we got to settle down we got to chill out <laughs> we have to chill that that's that's what my my life experience in and around reporting on politics i mean listen i've done a white house press briefing i've i've interviewed members of congress i've worked in all you know all kinds of big stories related to Washington and budgets and things like that, you know, 
I was there in, in the, the House chamber when, uh, you know, then Secretary of State John Kerry un, unveiled the, the Iran nuclear deal program, which was highly controversial. You know, just there, just there's a, a, a spectator as a person taking notes, curious about what's happening in our democracy and as also as a journalist. And so, yeah, I wish I could come to you with a little bit more than chill out, relax. Boy, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if I could bring a little bit more than just that? But it starts with pulling back and just pumping the brakes for a little bit. This is the first generation talking about young people and, you know, you get the safe spaces and all this other stuff on college campuses, and now some of these people are in government, and you know they're 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 not largely on both sides. They're not becoming the better of us. They're easily offended, but easy to you know easy to uh, deliberately offend others too. I mean, th- this is a generation that's not taking the mantle and saying, you know what, let's let's put on our, our big kid pants and, and say, you know, let's, let's get to work. Let's roll up our sleeves. They're rolling up their sleeves to throw snowballs that are, you know, bigger than we've ever seen. So I, again, you, I, I think we're, in, we're knocking on the door of Rantville here. I, you know, I, I hate rants, but, you know, sometimes, um, but it's a, it's a nonpartisan rant, so maybe that's the best of it or the best we can get out of a rant, but at some point, we've got to turn this vehicle around. We've got to pump the brakes, and we've got to stop the extremism on both sides. It's not good for the country, okay? And, and look, I'm not saying you don't have your passions, and I'm not saying, well, you shouldn't have this view or you shouldn't have that view. I mean, that's, that's not my, my purpose here, unless you're, unless you're preaching hatred or intolerance, which I, I, I would never stand for. In any sense, I don't think any decent person should. But we've got to have reasoned, researched, educated presentations and discussions on issues. Get huffy and puffy. Get, you know, you can get angry. I mean, it's democracy is a it's not a spectator sport. We should have. You know, people should be getting ticked off, but not shutting down. We should be engaged, we should be listening, and hopefully, hopefully, we can start there. Can't we all just sing a what? Well, no, but you, you know where I'm coming from, okay? You know where, no, 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 no. You know, I'm just, I'm just coming from the perspective, folks. This is not, can't we all just sing a song? It's, or can't we all just get along? It's, it's more of, it's more than that. You know, I've seen it. I've seen what this country can do when it comes together. I've seen what we can do as Americans when we come together. You know, I've seen it. We, we've seen it. I'm only 36 years old and I've seen it in my lifetime. You know, I mean, there's, there's just so much that, that binds us all together. I mean, we want so many great things for our kids, for our families, and, you know, we have different ideas of how to get there, and I get that. I get that. But, you know, let's let's just work on that and work from those, th- that common ground. I, 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 uh, I know. Yeah, I know. It's Can't We All Sing a Song? All right, well, yeah. But anyhow, um, I still stand by it. 
you know it's um uh, part what i love about being a journalist and what i loved about sort of being active in civics in a nonpartisan way when i was younger was um you know i really did believe in those ideals then and i know it's it's not naivete when you've lived it when you've seen it you know um but uh boy i miss those times i really miss those times anyway hopefully you do too and well, thank you for being with us in the midweek edition of uh, the show. Um, you know, I tell you, if you want to talk about more lighter stuff and fun stuff, we've got another show for you. It's Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin, where we talk about classic rock, and it's not just the uh, you know heavy metal, Metallica stuff. It's it's Deep Purple, it's bluesy, it's Eric Clapton, it's it's Phil Collins, it's Journey, it's stuff like that. So, um, you know, we like to we like to have the it's the lighter side of life, ladies and gentlemen. And boy, oh, we need it. We need some rock and roll. Um, except for politicians or rockers who also uh, get political. And, well, sometimes we like that, sometimes we don't, right? Uh, but that's all a matter of your perception and your perspective. Uh, so that's all part of our uh, great, uh, ver- you know, this, the, what is it? Variety is the spice of life, right? At least, at least we can have a good soundtrack to the good times, right? So you'll find that on uh, that show there, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Hey! It's been a great uh, show. Hopefully you've enjoyed it, and we will be back on Sunday night.